I'm yielding the floor to you because you looked annoyed that I was telling jokes, which is my whole job. No, I'm not annoyed. You but did you, this, gotta... you did this, you did this. Like... <laughs> because you said feats of steel. Three feet of steel. All right. So make sure you're talking into your microphone because you're backing up. Okay, so. Because of your hostility. I'm not hostile. Stop <laughs> it. <laughs> she says with much hostility. Uh, I'm not hostile. All right, so I'm just trying to get through this part. Please. And welcome to Gen X Temporaneous. This is a podcast where I come up with an idea, I do some research, I grab a bottle of wine, I bring everything to Mark, and he pontificates. There has long been a belief that women are somehow sneakier and more conniving when it comes to how we navigate interpersonal relationships. Whereas men seem to get angry, punch someone in the nose, and then go out for a beer, women are viewed as carrying long term grudges, freezing out enemies from social groups, gossiping, and attacking other women at very personal levels. In today's episode, Mark and I are going to discuss a little history about relational aggression between women, the evolution of the concept from a psychological perspective, and then we are going to look at the very specific mean girl situation that has played out very publicly between Kim Cattrall, who played Samantha Jones on Sex and the City, and her three co-stars. We are also going to dive into some personal experiences along the way. Mark and I aren't mean girls, but remember, we're Gen X. We got our sensitivity chips late in life, and we're still learning how to use them. Hi, Mark Snedeker. Hello, Christina LaRusso. Well done. I know. Woo! So, uh, let's tell people about the drink I made for you this evening. What? Uh, it is a, it has a fancy name. It does. It is. <laughs> let me see if I can even remember it. Because we didn't have any wine, so I made her a drink. So, it's uh, the Wingardium Grey Gooseyosa, <laughs> which is a vodka and a splash of lemon juice with a Harry Potter ice cube. So the Hogwarts ice cube is, you know, kind of what gives it the flavor. It it does. And is it magical? It's definitely magical. <laughs> okay. It's very strong because, I oh. mean, it's just vodka. I mean, so. yeah. <laughs> Duh. All right, Mark, give us a hot take on Mean Girls. Uh, I think, well, we all know what the stereotype is, right? You know, men, like you, as you mentioned in the open, uh, we punch each other and we, you know, then we're like, okay, that's enough of that. Depending on whether, by the way, you were the puncher or the punchy really depends on how gracious you're willing to be sometimes. But, you know, you, you have the fight, you move on, go get drinks, you know, you're done with it, right? Whereas women tend to take a longer, more intricate route to uh, giving someone their comeuppance. And it usually involves things out of pride and prejudice. <laughs> <laughs> Pride and Prejudice isn't such a bad... I mean, she doesn't... They don't get into that there, but I you see... Know I, I mean. do know it's what you mean. It's a Victorian revenge, well, right? Or, well... Where you make them misplace their lobster fork or something, and then they're <laughs> stuck at the dinner looking like a fool. <laughs> and no one will talk to them for months. <laughs> so anyway, that's, that's my general impression, right? Men quick, women slow. Mm -hmm. Men uh, aggressive, women passive aggressive. Men might actually kill you. Right. Women will Women kill will you with a, a thousand, thousand cuts. cuts. That's right. Those, <laughs> those bitches know how to wield Whoa. some sharp paper. 
That's all right. Let's not refer to women as bitches. Well, Thank you. If they're trying to kill me, they're definitely <laughs> bitches. All right. So what I want to talk about today, though, is really the dynamic between women and women. Right. Not necessarily women well, and I'm men. Well, I'm an expert in that, oh, clearly. Well, you've been around <laughs> a lot of it lately. So what I want to do is talk a little bit first about the history of relational aggression. Um, it, it hasn't always been referred to, obviously, as relational aggression. No. Grog, no, no, relational aggression. But it's right? still... Like Neanderthals didn't know what relational Well, no, but the, it still probably would have existed in some form because theor- theorists suggest that there may be a evolutionary means or reason for women to behave right. the way they are, and it's to do with... Right, and I think I think if you look back... Uh, Resources and right, things like that. There's a really interesting historical treatment of that where kind of the, the higher status female freezes out the lower status female mm-hmm. and therefore leading a tuk to a lundalana <laughs> as opposed to Shelley Long, who was very nice to him but was frozen out by the Catherine Bach character. Okay, so the way that we're going to talk about it is where a woman, particularly in the workplace, may have been promoted, and then women beneath her resent that for whatever reason, and they sabotage. So, But do they always sabotage up, or do they also sabotage down? Sometimes there is sabotage down. So sometimes you get there, and then you push everybody out. You keep you keep your foot on everybody's throat so that they can't come up. So it goes both ways, By the way, Sabotage Down, one of the most violent animal books I've ever read in my whole life. That's not Sabotage Down, you idiot. <laughs> it's a watership about? down. No, this is like the sequel. Oh. <laughs> Where they're like blowing up each other's tunnels and stuff. Oh, my God. All right, so historically, I would argue, and I've done actually some of my own my own historical research has been on themes like this, yeah. but I would argue. Aren't you just living it though? No, well, I am every day. There you go. Um, relational aggression between women is, I think, rooted in patriarchy's fears that of uh, of women rising up and 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 having too much authority within any given um, society, and so women raised in a patriarchal system, which most of us are. How are, are, well, I can't think of any of us who are not, like in the, certainly in the Western world, but women raised in a patriarchal society will take on those patriarchal beliefs. And so the thought is that not only is, you know, these are, this is the way that women behave just instinctively, but also that instinct is bad or in some way not, not ideal when really it may be the way that we behave instinctively, but it also is very likely the way that we behave because we are taught from a very young age that this is the way little girls behave. The danger about women typically sort of the, oh, the please, you, I can write you a <laughs> novel. <laughs> There's so many dangers. It's not, it's not really the right way I want to talk about it. Though, not, the way. It's not like you in danger girl. Say so you are danger girl. All right. So that is right. Okay. So fears about women. That's it. That's probably the better way to say it. Fears about women historically revolve around a couple of key things. Them having many v- of very them long, have. luscious hair. No, but the curvy mis- hips, the mysterious nature of their bodies and how their bodies yes, work. I cannot figure those things out. Uh, particularly, obviously, pri- prior to the scientific revolution and, right. and understanding about how female anatomy works, because right. female anatomy is all internal and uh, and and it was mysterious. You know, we yeah. bleed. For a week, and we don't Didn't die. die. <laughs> Clearly, there's some kind of witch or vampire. Maybe I don't know. Um, to the power that they have over men because of their sexuality. So right. there you are, the curvy hips and the and the. Well, luscious and I think hair. that that's why you see most, maybe not all, but most major religions put a lot of restrictions on women's appearance. Mm-hmm. Uh, they try to hide them yeah. in a lot of senses, right? Yeah. 
because they fear the feminine mystique and the feminine sexuality. I mean, don't limit it just to old world, oh, old no, no, school no. religion. I mean, that's any that's, school today has a right. dress code that is enforced that it's makes unevenly it that, that it's unevenly yeah. enforced because women are not allowed to show their shoulders. Right. And, and, and or when young, you guys, young women, when young you girls. guys are playing, you know, uh, basketball, there's no shirts versus skins <laughs> at all. No, can't do it. Well, good. <laughs> you, In New York City, you can. All right. And the third one is the danger that women present because of their voices. Now, hear me out. There's like a ch- you can break glass and stuff? No. <laughs> no. Oh. no. <laughs> like, because I'm a contralto and I can, you know, shatter glass at 100 yards. No, 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 no. Because our words carry some weight to, with people because they, they feel that we can undermine things, that women can be sneaky and undermining. Yeah. And that the propensity... For gossip mm-hmm. is, mm, you know that's right, girl. Is dangerous. There's a Chinese proverb, in fact, Bet that says is. the tongue is the sword of a woman, and she never lets it get rusty. I, I feel like that would have two effects. First of all, yes, you have to look out for what women say, but it also might cut down on certain sex acts. Oh, Mark! Oh my God! <laughs> get your sword! Get thee away with your sword, vile woman! <laughs> oh, 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 gross! <laughs> yeah, that would be gross. All right. So what I want to focus on here, I mean. Obviously, the other two things are are important, the serious nature of bodies and the fact that we have this sexual power over men. And, of course, you remember, uh, certainly the Greeks, you've studied the philosophers. That, yes. You know, they're not very friendly to women. Uh, they, and they yeah, really that, want you to, like— I'm not even sure they remember they existed yeah, most right, of times. <laughs> right, right. So, you know, they want to keep women far away and that sex is actually something that weakens men. Um, and you see that as also— Which it for a, sure does. In a, in a lot of uh, religions. Exhausting. You know, Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, yeah. No one needs to hear that, Mark. All right, <laughs> So let's let's focus on women as a gossip. So gossip is the where gossip comes from, and I don't know if you know about this. That sounds you may. a little creepy, but no, I okay. definitely don't. It's to do with god parentage, and in particular, it was historically associated with women spending time around the childbed. Now I don't know if you know this, but in the day, back in the Daisy. They would confine women for a long stretch of time right before they would go into labor. Oh, absolutely. They would confine that you? you would confine them into a room. Was and- it because they are stopped they they were tired of hearing them complain? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, you're such a dick. <laughs> well, I mean, look, it gets I mean, look, we know that your back hurts, right? We know you're tired of carrying this kid around. But, you know, I mean, it wears on you a little bit. Oh, right? Mark, how <laughs> terrible. All right, so they would they would confine a woman into into her bedchambers, and uh, she would then sit, and there would be a group of women who would come in and would spend time with her. Would they natter? And they would natter. They would, and so would they these, yak? And often, I bet they would yak. Often these were the, like, women, and one of these women would become a godparent, right? Okay, so there's okay, there's this, yeah, so yeah. there's this community of women who go into a room where magical and weird stuff that men really don't understand right. happens. Now, this is not the red tent. The red tent. Oh, you what? don't know what that is? What is this? Oh, did I know something you didn't know? I don't know. Well, maybe. maybe feminist you're... history? What's up? Okay, well, bring maybe, it to me. Maybe you want to give that a goog. <laughs> okay, well, no, I want you to tell um, me. My understanding is, which is un- unlikely to be completely accurate. <laughs> But it, it, the red tent was in certain societies during menses, during menstruation. Yes, they, okay, they were so that's what I was thinking. To, yeah, you would uh, you would keep put them, them in the away. red tent. 
may have happened. But at any rate, this is where that comes from. And so these women would share fellowship around the childbirth. But what is God sip? What is that? God sib, which is like it's like a God, like Like a God. You have a cold. It's God parentage. And so I'm then, going to have to ask you to stop God zipping about B. So they would sit around the the, the birth chamber, and, yeah, and then whatever. they would chat, and they would talk, and and this would be an opportunity for bonding. And of course, this is a you know the, politics. Yeah, a lot of politics were discussed. Oh, yeah. This is this is yeah. a this is really just a time of people being supportive of a woman who's about to go into labor. This was the same kind of thing that would have happened around the deathbed, I, because women traditionally were the ones that Circle did did the right. the deathbed vigil or whatever oh the vigil the dead deathbed are. vigil and helped people guide people through the their death process yeah. and that was important and women in the case of death were actually allowed in cases of emergency to provide last rites in the same way that they were allowed to yeah. provide em- like emergency christening in the catholic church if you are baptized and have gone through confirmation you have the power to baptize and do last rites in an emergency. In emergency situations. Okay, so, so but here, if, so women were allowed to do that then, which is unusual because they weren't allowed to be priests or anything right, like right. that. Now, men also will end up guiding people uh, through the afterlife. They're just more quick and efficient. <laughs> but, okay. <laughs> it so usually no, involves is, about three feet of steel. No, this is actual death work. And they were then sometimes called to testify about what happened at the death, at the deathbed. And that was unusual for women to have a voice in that way too that was actually a legally binding voice. Okay, so generally when they would talk about a woman being a gossip, it was used in that time, you know, prior to the 1600s, say, as a kind of benign, she's like, you know, she's sitting around, a, it's meant to describe that, a fellowship and a conversation and it was really more about the person than it was about the information that was being shared. However, Shakespeare in A Midsummer Night's Dream describes Puck as residing in a gossip's bowl. Do you know what a gossip's bowl is? You know I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to guess? Um, no. It's actually a bowl where there was like a beverage communal, and potentially a communal drink yeah and oh, that's and, hygienic and potentially it would have been like an eggnog something and, and you're gonna let everybody dip their lips in it everybody no not dip their lips but they would you know each of everybody would get, oh okay you know, they got a cup. Like a cup of i of, thought maybe they're like passing a, this a wassail or something yeah, you know yeah. like so but that's the first time the gossip that they can that, that it's been found to be used and it was by of course interestingly enough by shakespeare well he has pretty much invented 90 percent of all uh, slang and other terms. But so. what was interesting about that You're to welcome, me Wendy. when I was thinking about it was that it was used to describe Puck. Right. And Puck a dude. is a dude, but he's also a f- like a fairy. He's an imp. <laughs> yeah, I bet he is. He's Mark. Well, of course he's an imp. He's, he's a rascal too, He's I rascally. Bet. That's it. He's rascally. Oh, God. <laughs> he's a so rapscallion. Puck is a rascal. Which sounds like something that goes in soup. Okay, so so he's a rascal and and Puck is a little bit misrule, right? Like he's almost he's he's Well, if you remember from our last brilliant episode, I referred to John Lennon as having a, a puckish, puckish energy. Yes, yes. So you don't think like I don't get all literary references. I am I'm just a, I, you're exactly right. Okay, so men generally though thought that chatting women were useless at best, dangerous at worst. There were religious and secular laws in place. Well, I'll tell you why they thought they were dangerous. Tell me why. Because let's say the lord of the manor is away, his wife is in bed with child, and he's got all these women around. He doesn't want them spilling the tea on maybe some side shit he has going on. Mm. They, If you are guilty and you see a group of people talking, 
the natural inclination is to think they're talking about me mm-hmm. and they're letting out shit I don't want let out. Mm-hmm. Like maybe he's, you know, knocking boots with, you know, one of the maids or something. Well. Most assuredly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's odds are, right? <laughs> but he doesn't want his good lady wife to be hearing that, especially while she's carrying potentially his heir. So, uh, plus, you know, he has to go to sleep next to her at some point, theoretically, uh-huh. and he's not looking to have his windpipe closed permanently. <laughs> so I think that's part of it is they just see, you don't have any control over that. No, you don't. That's right? that's exactly right. You don't and have guilty you don't. people don't like a lack of control. That is true. Um, the, the other thing that I think probably people don't understand, particularly, well, throughout time, I'm not even going to say in the Victorian age, because in the Victorian age, they were plenty body as well. But the things that women would talk about in private would probably very much be like the things that women would talk about in private today. And right. I think it would surprise a lot of people. Well, this won't come as a surprise to women. This may come as a surprise to so men. it's not just all knitting Mm-mm. and cake recipes? No, no, because they are going to be talking. Not only are they not, they're going to be talking about who the Lord of the Manor is sleeping with. They're going to be talking about who at court looks good. They're like, <laughs> speaking of three feet of steel. <laughs> Girl, let me tell you, <laughs> the head of the guard. Are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's exactly right. Call back, Jip. <laughs> so women will tend to talk about things that in private that men can't control and that gets them nervous. All right. So there are biblical law speaks quite often to gossip, but there's one that's in particular. Now, this is a this is gossip of a woman who doesn't have a man. So see, see if there's... That's right, because she's really out of she's control. she's really dangerous because yeah. she does not have a man. So this is... The Bible, it usually speaks just with the male pronoun to speak of humanity. Or, yes. the, or it'll say man or whatever, yes. okay? In this case, it is specific, and it says this about widows. Besides wow. that, they learned... To be idlers, going about from house to house, and not only idlers, but also gossips and busybodies, saying what they should not. That's from Timothy 5.13. So, Timothy, let me say something to you. (laughs) It's not enough this poor woman (laughs) lost her husband, is probably destitute since the property uh, inheritance laws aren't that strong for women. Now, you're going to call her names and Uh, give her a hard time. And frequently, in in, in certain times and places, accuse her of witchcraft. Yeah. Right, so like... Well, no, that's probably true, though. Loud... Loud women, women that with a voice tend to be, you know, just troublemakers. They, they're viewed well. <laughs> as, you know, sort of, because understand that really as much as we are kind of joking about wanting control. Right. For them, that was everything to oh, have absolutely. have everything some under space. some kind of something that was under control, and everything yeah. had um, an explanation. That explanation often stemmed, well, always stemmed from. Here we're talking about the Western, like European yeah, yeah, yeah. history, right? Um, secular laws. You've maybe heard of a couple of these: the scold bridal for sounds lippy Amish. women. I don't know. Ooh, that sounds a little S and M. But <laughs> <laughs> give it a goog. Give it a goog right now. Take a look at it. I thought, maybe, well, it, it's not quite as bad as what I thought it was because what I thought it was, they put like a bit in her mouth with. Oh, is this what it is? Oh, <laughs> well, maybe it is worse give than I thought. Give it a goog. Look it up. Look it up. Well, that looks real uncomfortable. That's horrible. Okay, so describe what that is. So it's basically you put a C-3PO mask on your face <laughs> that has like sharp teeth and a bell on your head. I don't really know what the bell is doing. I guess just to warn you, hey, warning, C-3PO <laughs> is on the way. Now, Scold's Bridles actually also have an implement that goes into yeah, your mouth. Yeah, yeah. So, so I guess it, it goes in through the sharp teethy part. It goes in and then it's on, it's a, it, it presses down your tongue so it prevents you speaking. Yeah. 
uh, aimed to humiliate and cause great pain to the wearer. Uh, mission accomplished on that one. I okay, think. and so then if you had too, if you had too much, know, lip- this lady po- posed for like fifty pictures in the skull bridal. I feel like she might have been a little into it. <laughs> <laughs> so she put that on. They, they would put that on to women who were considered to be gossips or scolds. Scold is a, a di- another thing where, where women, especially. Now you know, I could never certain... wear this thing because my gag reflex. I would just. Not <laughs> you would. Make you it. would just. I would keel over and you die. You definitely would. Okay, they would wear. They would put that onto. It was a public humiliation, so there would be Certainly. a bell on the well, top yeah, of it, and you have a big iron mask on your face. And you have a big Nobody's not going to notice that. You go to your you know, husband may, the may, general store. Nobody's going to not notice you have this giant, you know, iron mask on your face. If you were being too much of a nag, if you were being right. too noisy, if scolds too often, uh, I think in the understanding generally is that it was an older woman who, by a certain age, probably just thought, a little crabby. Fuck it, yeah. I mean, just say like, whatever. To speak my truth as one does yeah. as as you all get it's older. A, it's a Karen mask. Right? <laughs> it is like. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of losing their jobs, yeah, they don't lose their jobs. They just have to wear. No, honestly, wear I bet mask. you that would cut down on Karens pretty good. All right, it's like, uh, ma'am, I understand you don't want to wear a mask when it comes to the store, but now you're going to wear this giant iron device with a fucking piece of wood in your mouth. Congratulations! <laughs> like All right, and the other thing was a ducking chair. Oh, that I know what it is. Okay, right? well, tell me about a ducking I chair. Think. It's like a sort of a seesaw mechanism. Right? It's, it's Archimedes' it, principle in action. Right? There's a lever and a pivot point. And they're tied into a chair there, and they're dropped into the pond or lake or whatever, mm-hmm. left for some indeterminate period of time, and then pulled back up. Yeah. She gasps for air. Boom, right back down. Back it's, down. it's really primitive waterboarding. Is it is. Really what it well, is. it is. Yeah. And uh, most of the time, again, this would be women. Sometimes, you know, their own husbands would report them for being yes. too bossy. Uh, you know, they couldn't get them under their thumb, and so then they would have them be— other times it would be couples, like a couple that couldn't yeah. get along or were really causing some. Because I just don't think that we understand how small these villages were. Where it's like this eleven kind of, people, yeah, right. Where this kind of thing could become very disruptive. Oh, absolutely. To the village and to the yeah. sort of the cohesion of the village, and so like a very argue, uh, like a couple that argued a lot or was causing a lot of drama. They're like, bro, we're trying to get some shut eye yeah. on the on the ducking chair, and right. they would be they would be back to back and they would be ducked. That's another one of the secular punishments for this sort of thing. So, I mean, this is not a joke. Some it of this to me, <laughs> some of the stuff that going forward into present day, we have things like slander laws and libel laws, right. which is, is, is to do with like uh, your Harming personal reputation. reputation. Right. right. And, and that has to do with speaking out of turn. Right. So words matter. Words do matter. Do. Slander is, as we discussed in our previous episode, very yeah. difficult to it prove. Is. It it's is. a, it's a real uphill battle. I think only 15% of slander cases are, are actually found in favor of. The yeah. Cause it's very hard to plaintiff. prove harm. And it has to be untrue. It has, and it has to be untrue. And, and then it has to be violate. a lot of damage. You yeah, have to have exactly, lost money. free speech. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I mean, I can have an opinion about someone. Yeah. I don't know. How listen. dare you tell the truth about me like that? It's ruining my reputation. <laughs> <laughs> so there's still laws in place today. But generally, we are back to public shaming. Oh, yeah. So that cancellation, cancel culture comes into play here. Because if you're saying something, if you're speaking out of turn now, chances are you're you're going to get really out of turn. You're going to get slapped down and it's going to be a public humiliation thing rather than necessarily going through the- It's just all (laughs) tweet-based. Yeah, everything Twitter. God, Twitter, everyone. It's terrible. Christina hates Twitter. And also loves it. Also loves it. I love it and hate it. I love it and 
hate it. Every day it, I wake up and I think I'm just going to give up this Twitter and then I and you're just like, can't But maybe tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow that might be that. I do that also with like diets. So. Yeah, well, whatever. Um, gossip is usually considered to be the sort of purview of women. They're real good at it. Studies have shown that both men and women gossip equally. Of course, we do. On average, a person spends 52 minutes gossiping a day. Yeah. Regardless of gender or sex. Like, so you... you remember that time I told you that Dave actually had uh, small antennae when we were in high school? We got him <laughs> removed. <laughs> All right. So the difference is perception, though. When men gossip, it's considered important. Yeah, we're... It's considered networking. We're, right, it's we're considered discussing... Lobbying. Lobbying absolutely. is a very good... So, like, if, I'm, if people are lobbying... Yeah. And I guess women, too. If you are in pursuit of what is considered to be a higher... Good, maybe. Right. The gossip is itself elevated, right? Like sure. the talking about the sharing of information about well, a, motives a, a matter, right? Certainly. Okay, so, yeah. but it's always the the sense is, is that when men gossip, they're gossiping for a higher a higher we good, we a are. greater good. We are. When women gossip, it's to tear people down, and it, that's they do. Yes, it's not always wrong. It's not always right, though. I mean, Correct. both and men sides tear people down. Too, men right? tear people yeah. down too. All right, so there are. Two types of aggression. Only two? For the purpose of oh, this for podcast? The, for, we're narrowing it down. <laughs> we're eliminating all non-relevant no, I mean, aggression. This is the, in, for the purpose of this discussion, we're going to look at two types of aggression. Food Actually, aggression? Actually, we're going to look at oh, one and okay. a subset of one. But direct aggression, which is verbal, physical, and sexual actions perpetrated overtly and directly with the victim present. I mean, what else is there? <laughs> Indirect aggression. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Covert and sometimes more subtle actions perpetrated often without face-to-face -face contact, thus permitting the offender to remain anonymous. Do you think James Bond was overt or covert? He uh, is a blunt aggression. instrument. He is. He is. <laughs> He's not that sneaky. <laughs> For a secret agent, he leaves a lot of bodies <laughs> laying around, he he and really he does. tells everybody his real name. I know. So, he really does. <laughs> that's a guy thing, right? We're like, here's who I am. There's some people I killed earlier for you know fucking around. Yeah. And uh, I might do it again. <laughs> All right. Um, so so indirect aggression is spreading rumors, damaging property. What was that song? On the down low. Or social ostracism. What was that 80s song? I don't What? There's it, an uh, rumors 80s song. Oh. Dun, 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 rumors. Remember that one? <laughs> mm -mm, yeah, I yeah, do. Yeah. I can't what remember. Is it? I can't uh, remember. <laughs> oh, I think, wasn't Michael Jackson a backup singer so. on that I or think something? So. <laughs> All right. Relational aggression is a specific type of indirect aggression. Now, this is where we're going to get it. Woman, woman versus woman. A key component of relational aggression is the use of words. So gossip, cruel verbal attacks where you know it will really hurt them. Right. Undermining someone's reputation with words or gossip. Often accusing them of sexual uh, a lot of times slut shaming, right, right, slut shaming. Yeah. yeah, and we'll get there. So historically- I just didn't want to say the word slut. <laughs> now I'm, here I you have, I, lean into it. I this mean, is now, the that it's, now, that, it. now that you've opened the door, <laughs> slutty, slut, slutty, slut, slut. <laughs> historically, although seen as gossipy, women were almost always seen like as accidentally dangerous. <gasps> Did I mention that? Oh my gosh. <laughs> but oh, she got, oh, she was fired from her job? So the propensity to tear others down- was not brand new to now. That is not right. something that just happened since, you know, Mean Girls came out. 
Oh, certainly in, not. Or Heathers. So I think the, the popularity of Odd Girl Out is in part due to a sense that, wow, it wasn't just me that it happened to. This is part of a universal pattern of behavior. And this behavior is deeply damaging because, again, girls want friends more than anything in the world. And as they grow older, their friends count more than any other force or influence in their life. This is not something new. Anybody who has ever been to high school or middle school, really even right. grade school, that's a woman, you know how this works. Anybody Ladies, who's ever been in the entertainment industry. You all know how this works. Well, one of the ways girls can express aggression is without ever opening their mouths. They're very good at rolling their eyes and making noises like, <sighs> every time a kid opens her mouth in the classroom. And these are behaviors which don't break a rule per se, but which very incisively hit the target. Previously, it's been seen as kind of like accidental because women have always been determined to be less aggressive than men, more nurturing generally by nature. And so they would say, well, you know, they just didn't, they talk, but they don't realize what damage their words do. Motherfucker, we know Come what on. damage yeah. our words do. They ain't stupid. <laughs> As the 1990s are coming to an end, sort of the mid-1990s and onward, there starts to be more research done into what, like, what's going on with women in terms of what aggression. What is going on with all these women? And this is when you start getting this concept of the queen bee or the mean girl. Right. So they start naming it. So now women, <laughs> the feminine, is no longer just nurturing. There's also, well, they're nurturing they're or insidious. they're yeah. mean girls. Yeah. <laughs> so like there's like lots of different ways that women can go right. on this binary, but it's like One really only other. two. Yeah. You can be you can be mean girl or you can be nurturing. you can be nurturing. There's no neutral. There's women. there's no and and now this has now mean girl has become the accepted female feminine archetype. Yeah. And you can see that everywhere. We were talking about this with like TV series. Buying Sunset is right. is actually one of the things that prompted They've set me it up to be that kind of conflict between to highlight, yeah. to just, I mean, it is what it is. That conflict is there, but then they want to accentuate it. They want to just make I it mean, even extra. Blair from Facts of Life, right? <laughs> I mean, right. Nellie from Little House <laughs> on the on Prairie. Nellie Little House on the Prairie, right? And and Mrs. Olson. Oh, Nellie and Mrs. Both. Olson, were, Mean Girl duo. Were, yeah, they were mother-daughter, um, mother, mean girl pair. All right, so women generally are not physically aggressive, although they may, but generally. I can tell you how they play out. Step one, they grab each other's hair. <laughs> If it gets physical, yeah. you're goddamn right you're going yeah. for someone's They're hair because right you can really hair. get some leverage. Oh, yeah. Well, you can get a, you can control them, right? How does it all play out? Calling names, body shaming, slut shaming, attempts, and this is the real one, attempts to isolate from friend, friend groups. But then as girls get older, it becomes not just I'm going to not be your friend anymore, but I'm going to make everyone you know not be your friend anymore so that you're completely isolated and you have no one. The reason why these aggressions are so painful is that for girls, relationships are critical to their social and moral development, to their healthy development. And so that fear of losing each other and the actual loss itself is really devastating to them. I would expand that list, by the way, to include like social, social miscues or fashion errors, right? It's like, oh, that's a nice sweater. Did you buy that at TJ Maxx? You know what I mean? <laughs> Or, yeah, you know, nice dress. Right. Did your mom make it? Status you know? shaming, oh, right? Yeah. Status shaming. So, like, um, but just like, and not being as not being cool, right? Like, uh, you know, we're not saying that anymore, right? Right, right, right. And that's exactly right. And so, so, and and the thing, the but, thing about women is we tend to like things to be more egalitarian. We look, no, it's eh. true. It's true. We like things to maybe be maybe operate in a narrower band of hierarchy. 
but hierarchy usually still exists. No, it does. But you have to feel in your friend group as if you are, this is what researchers say. I'm not saying this is actually accurate. Everyone can make their own decision about I'm going to find these researchers and punch them in the nose. But <laughs> the reality <laughs> is, is that generally, if you feel like you're on an even level with yeah. your group of friends, Right. Things are good. It's when somebody you feel like maybe rises up oh, above. Get a little uppity. Now, let us hearken back. To the he to Heathers? No. Oh. To, well, Heathers for sure, because that did show you that there was a hierarchy. But right. but let's hearken back to the um, the situation in the fandom. All right. Yeah, I remember that. So. In the Willverse. When the, remember the, <laughs> the bad girl group, they were initially ostracized. And then they rose up, shot up above right. everyone else in terms of recognition. And then everyone's like, who the fuck do they think they are? I'll tell you a perfect, I'll tell you exactly what this is. Hmm. Sneetches. Oh, tell me about this. All right. So uh, if you're unaware of this story, it's a Dr. Seuss story called the Sneetches. And they're these kind of like big bird looking guys, right? Like wingless yellow birds. And... About half of them have a green star on their belly, mm -hmm. and about half of them don't. And for the longest time, star-bellied sneeches were, you know, hierarchically ahead of the plain belly. They looked down on them. The plain bellies recognized their superiority and bemoaned their situation, et cetera, until a guy showed up with a star-making machine. He's like, I'll give you a star on your belly. No problem. They go through this machine. Now everybody's got stars. So the original star-belly sneeches are like, oh. Dude, how are we even going to tell us from, you know, the riffraff? And the guy comes up and says, you know, I have a machine that will take off the stars. And they're <laughs> like, yes. Because, and then they took off their stars because the star belly, the new star belly sneeches were starting to act superior then to the plain belly sneeches, right? And they're switching back and forth. The hierarchy keeps going back and forth and everybody gets very confused as to who's cool and who isn't. And ultimately they just all give up and this guy goes away with one trillion dollars in his wallet. But, <laughs> it's, but it's really these superficial distinctions that we use to create differences, to create hierarchy. That's why I argue that, yes, women probably like to operate in a narrower band, right? They don't want to have a queen and a peasant in the same group, but they're okay with a queen and a viscountess, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, that's it. And, and it's all about self-perception. See, now this is where it comes down to it is that you can be in a group and there could be objectively, somebody could say, this is a group of five women. Yeah. And objectively, someone could stand from outside and say, well, that woman is just leaps and bounds. Yeah, she's smarter, prettier, richer, prettier, whatever. whatever, whatever yeah. she is. But as long as the women in her group perceive that they are at the same level, right. and, and that's either as if they're and at the act same level. as if they're same level. So if that woman who objectively is all of those things more is somehow able to make herself seem relatable and more, you know, more humble, humble. Yeah. And, and she's, she, you know, maybe there are other qualities about her that bring her, make her, make her, per, her perception to be equal with her friends. Mm -hmm. It's going to be fine. Okay. But as soon as she is viewed as having more things or having better clothes or having, she's prettier or a better husband or whatever it is that her, her status rises. And this is where it comes in very clearly in, professional situations. So you might all start right. out in the secretarial all, pool. Yeah, we're all But then admins, somebody right. gets bumped up and then that girl's a 
bitch. Yeah, Can she, you believe how she's bitch. acting? That, that ass kisser. <laughs> oh, she you probably know what she slept did. her way to you the top. You know what yeah. she did to get that she job. She slept her way to the middle. <laughs> oh, 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 and you know what? The women who are listening to this are going, nah. And then also you guys know you that know you have heard those you conversations. You may not have taken part in those conversations because maybe you are you are different breed. Now, there are women who will also say, I don't like to hang out with women for this very reason. Because it's so backbitey. Because it's very backbitey and they feel like they can roll with guys better. Yeah. I hate to tell you this, it's ladies. Because you have boobs. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> see, see, that's the thing. Typically women, and I used to be one, I'm telling you. I used to be one, but typically women who say, I just like hanging with the guys because it's a lot, 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 it's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, it's a lot less drama. Yeah. Have probably the most internalized misogyny. Oh. Uh, the more that I think about it though, I think that that might not be true because, because maybe women just are more. That's just the way that we are. No, no, it's internalized misogyny. You're just not meeting the right kind of ladies. It's ultimately our fault. No, it, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, 100%. But no, I think that you're just maybe not meeting the right ladies. So women can just be terrible to one another. And again, we know what hurts. So we will go for the things that hurt. We will go for looks. We will go for particularly size shaming. Wow. A lot of times people will be attacked for what their body looks like. Yeah. See, I would have thought more things like social indicators like fashion and... Well, that goes um, along with it because if you are a certain body type, then the implication is you shouldn't be wearing that. Look at what she wore out. Yeah. Did she she, she she look in the mirror? mirror? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, I mean, and that's... By the way, I feel like almost everybody has looked in the mirror before they go out. You shouldn't really ask that. Age age shaming also. um, And I'm particularly seeing that now in as a part of the fandom is is age shaming is sort of saying uh, older women shouldn't be perving on younger men. How dare you be alive for that long? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, then that's it. Like, how dare you? How dare you have the audacity to still... I thought actually back to... um, to Mary Carson. Oh yeah, yeah. And her her Father Ralph. her lust for Father Ralph and I thought to myself, you know, Father Ralph see? de Bougainvillea. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. It's another the Bricasar name. Yes. All right. Um so I wanted to talk about mean girls in the wild. Well, see, it's weird. I mean, do mean girls act like mean girls towards guys or mostly towards other women? Well, it's interesting that you bring that up, Mark. Thank you. Uh, I'm always hitting the nail right on the head, aren't I? <laughs> After a little bit of a Accidentally. pause. Accidentally. <laughs> you really hit Certainly that on the Certainly not through thumb. any hard work or anything like that. All right. So it's interesting that you actually bring that up because mean girls will often marshal men as weapons. Sure. They'll recruit them and they say, will recruit hey, men. by the way, we're, we're, we've decided to freeze this girl out. I'm going to have to ask you to either A, not talk to her or get one of your friends to ask her to prom as a joke. <laughs> they will not usually let them in on the joke that much. Right. Oh, no. But they will They will po- They will will use the gossip yeah. against that girl with a man. And Ooh, then the man she, will say. Yeah, I heard she has a venereal disease. Yeah. yeah well, exactly. 100%. That's something that a woman would definitely say about another woman. Yeah. He might say, oh, I want to date her or I want to take her out. And then you and then a woman might go. Wow. And it, a lot of it is done, too. You couldn't see that, everyone, because this is she not a visual eye. medium. She did side eye. But I did. You know, you do that little, like, Side mm, eye. Like that little oh, side I guess eye. I mean, well, I guess you, know, you could. I mean, maybe. I mean, a little if shrug that, of the shoulder. that's what you're into, I guess. <laughs> 
Nonverbal mm. communication. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so quasi verbal uh, There's all sorts of things that women m- marshal, but men are one of them. One of, one of them. So so I'm just trying to see if you've ever been either I mean, I'm sure weaponized or if yeah. you have ever well, seen it. The fact that I can't recall it means I was probably unwittingly weaponized <laughs> <laughs> would be my guess. That's so good. Mark got manipulated yeah, into whatever. something. Now, of course, I'm aware of some because, you know, I went to college. There's a lot of mean girl stuff there, especially in the Greek system, where they'll like shit talk other sororities or shit talk other sisters in their sorority mm. or shit talk people who are not in sororities at all. Right. I mean, there's, you know, everybody is looking to divide and conquer in a certain sense, right? We're going to make, we're going to find divisions between groups and we're going to try to elevate our group up and tear the other group down. But do guys do that? I don't remember men coming not, to not me in, and in saying, that way. like they don't do it that well, same way. Like I don't ever remember a guy coming to me and saying, mm, you know, don't do that. The only The only exception to that is I've had men who have said to you know, like have had have shit talked, but they've shit talked women. Well, that and then they're probably being used in some and they're kind probably of being internecine warfare yeah. between women, right? Yeah. No, if, if guys want to do something like that, it like it's much more overt and aggressive, like beating them at sports mm-hmm. or something like that. That's how they're going to differentiate themselves status wise. But in general, men aren't playing that you know, long game. It's, a, it's exhausting, right? Oh, the long game to is try, exhausting. To but try it to is... maintain that level of social warfare against somebody. But it's also everything. Well, I guess so. It is also everything. All right. So let's talk about a real life mean girl situation. Let's. Okay. Have you seen Sex in the City? Yes, unfortunately. <laughs> All right. So Sex in the City for men is a show you watch so that you are allowed to watch a laser movie later. <laughs> Or the football game or whatever it is, right? Because trying to score points with your lady. With your lady? Yeah, with your lover. (laughs) (laughs) It's terrible. It is a terrible, terrible, terrible show about gossip and shoes. All right. It could not be less interesting to me. So this show was about really the relationship between four women and New York City. Yes. As the fifth co-star. Sex in the City has not aged well. No. And they have recently relaunched a reboot of it what called And Just Like That. I couldn't even get through the first episode. You, I didn't even see the big spoilery did, thing did that happened. Did their 401ks tank or something? <laughs> I mean, why no, are they, they doing put, this? So, so they did Sex in the City. Uh, then, then they, they did, did fucking movie. They did a movie and then they did a part two. Then they wanted to do a part three. By the end of the series, even, Kim yeah. Cattrall, who played Samantha Jones, yes. was done. She was just like, I'm done. These Which girls are- Which I get it. I was done watching one episode, so I get it, Kim. <laughs> so she just was like, I'm done. I, I haven't had a great time. Do. I'm going to move on with my life. She had a lot of stuff going on in her life, but she she felt ill-treated by Sarah Jessica Parker, who played Carrie Bradshaw, who yeah. was the Cause main Because she, she was the best looking one. That's why. Kim Cattrall was. Yeah. You think so? You didn't think Charlotte oh, yeah. was? Oh, no. Kristen Davis? Was, she was- Kristen Davis is you don't pretty. usually like blonde. I know I don't. Kristen, she was pretty, but had zero sex appeal, and it had mostly to do with her character. Right, her character was this kind of cold fish, you know, uptight, waspy. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. And Kim Cattrall was a she was a sexually liberated she woman. Was. Is what you meant to <laughs> That's say? That's exactly what I <laughs> I thought I did say that, but yes. <laughs> But whatever. Well, here's the thing. Kim Cattrall was a pretty established 
film actress. She was in Porky's. Do you remember her in Porky's? Yeah, she was also in Mannequin. Yeah, in Mannequin. <laughs> yeah. So um, so she's lovely. She's actually a very good comedic a- actress. Yeah, I think she is too. And she, although Sarah Jessica Parker's Carrie Bradshaw was the star of the show, obviously central she's character. the narrator. Yeah. She's the yeah, she's yeah. central character. Um, Kim Cattrall's Samantha Jones really was a... St- Scene stealer. She was the most interesting character. She well, for many people. Now, uh, most women, I think, retrospectively, thought that they were Carrie Bradshaw or wanted to be Carrie Bradshaw. I never Boring. did. I guess which one I I thought I was. Um, Kim Cattrall. No. Oh, I don't know. Come on, spice I, it up. Charlotte. No, yeah, you don't want to be. She is so fucking <laughs> white bread, boring bullshit. I know, that's she I always seems to, that was aspirational to me to be like, because I feel like I'm too noisy and I'm too it's like. like well, hopefully you've grown beyond that. But many women identified with Carrie, but Samantha was really a breakout star, a right. breakout character. Because she was way more interesting. She was an interesting character. And by the even end of, I think, the first season, Kim Cattrall was like, Feel like I need a little bit more cash. Yeah. Like I'm not, you know, yeah. I want a little bit of equity in this. Yeah. And um, and so it went through the, the all of the seasons, and there was this just ongoing, according to certain articles, feud between and 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 Sarah Jessica Parker and Cynthia Nixon had come both from Broadway. Yeah. They'd been um Sarah Jessica Parker. They both been in films, but mainly Broadway actresses. And Kristen Davis, those three palled up. Yeah. And they kind of ostracized Kim Cattrall. fucked up. And they did shady stuff like, for instance, at one point they were filming on location somewhere and they Sarah Jessica rented a house for all of the three of them and Kim Cattrall. See, that's just fucking, first of all, it's self-defeating, right? You have a fairly successful show. You guys are all making fuck tons of money. Why muddy the waters with dumb bullshit like that? You know, what does that do for you? Because Nothing. girl shit is the best shit. I, yeah, I guess so. But. It really is. Okay, so rumors were flying even during the filming of the series. By the end of the series, there's like an Emmys situation that happens. The three girls are seated together. Kim Cattrall is at a different table. I mean, it is like, it yeah. is frosty. Well, I don't bl- now, uh, Kim Cattrall's like, yo, you don't want to rent a house with me? Fuck you guys. I'm going to sit over here differently. Okay. But Steven Spielberg separately. Okay. But now what ends up happening is that Kim Cattrall kind of stays low key about this in the press. Yeah. But then they come up and they say, well, we want to have this new movie. We want to have a movie like, but no, the first movie. Oh, okay. We're going to make a movie. And then Kim sort of says, like pay me. Not really. Yeah. Not my thing, but, but if you want to pay me, uh, you know, I mean, that's and, your job as an actor. And right? so it gets out there that she's looking for a little bit more money. And Sarah Jessica kind of goes into nice girl mode. She doesn't speak to it. But then all of a sudden you see page six articles. Yeah, she's feeding things. So, so things are getting put out there. And, and Kim Cattrall is, is painted as the bad guy. So this happens in the end. She does a part one. She does a part two of the film. Then comes time for part three. And she's having all kinds of personal stuff happening. She's had a divorce. She's had her father get Alzheimer's. Oh, my God. Um, and so... Do you know that because Carrie Bradshaw uh, gossiped about gossiped, it? <laughs> no. It was just, you know, it's just out there as a part of the PR around Kim yeah. Cattrall. And she says hard no on on episode or on episode three of the film. I'm done. I'm, I'm done. I'm not. I'm done with this character. I just really want to move on from this character. And then there's an article that's written, I think, in the New York Post. Oh, that 
quality. That is a very friendly article to Kim Cattrall. And it really well good for them. And it really exposes the mean girl culture. And I mean, they keep referring to it as mean girl culture. Once you get a hold of a phrase, they're just going to beat it into the earth. Hundred percent. So Kim Cattrall's brother passes away, and um, Sarah Jessica tweets at Kim and says something about like my condolences and my prayers and thoughts are with you. Fuck you. Um, Kim maybe should have done that in like uh, with flowers. Or Supposedly something. she did try and reach out to her to be like yeah. present her side of the story. She right, did try right. and reach out to her person personally and multiple times. But you know, you got to think if if you've reached out a couple of times and you haven't received any kind of answer, don't tweet it. Yeah. Like something's a, a miss, right? Right, right. Don't so, go public. Kim like comes if, if back. you refuse to take my phone call for three days, would you tweet it? I me? probably wouldn't like rent a billboard near your house. Right? <laughs> hey, call me. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> All right. So is your Kim, phone off? <laughs> Kim Kim Cattrall comes back with this. Let me make this very clear. Oh dear, now you're in trouble. You are not my family. You are not my friend. So I'm writing to tell you one last time to stop exploiting our tragedy, meaning the death of her brother in order to restore your nice girl persona. Woo, that is spicy. Oh, that was, that That's was real spicy. Now, of course, uh, Sarah Jessica maintains that this is not as bad as it, bad as it seems. I mean, that's pretty bad, Kim though. Cattrall has also kind of said it from well, time maybe to time. I shouldn't have, no, know. not after that, uh, but before that, she kind of has tried to say, well, it's not as bad as it seems. Like, pretty they, bad. They though. try and downplay it, but it's pretty bad. I mean, that's now, there are bad. multiple sides to every story, but I tend to go Kim to Cattrall. kind of go Kim Cattrall's way here. And here's why because two of the men who were on that series backed up Sarah Jessica. Is one of them accused of rape? <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> <laughs> Which would explain why his character was killed off before the latest series. <laughs> Remember we were talking about that, and and they're like, oh, you're like, oh, why did they kill off Big? Well, man? they killed him off in the first episode. Yeah, yeah, that's because he has some spoiler alert. <laughs> got a little from couple two of different women some, who apparently don't know each other. Some so problems. That's not good. Um, but then also the guy who played Samantha's Samantha's younger boyfriend, Smith Jared, his he also that actor has come out and sort of not said. I don't know which Kim's not being been. truthful, but he said Sarah Jessica's never been anything but very sweet to me. Well, anytime that a man says Sarah, somebody a woman has been very sweet to him. I'm like, you just got played, motherfucker. Okay, this is like a real mean girl situation in real life. And it's it's to do, I think, with status. Of course. Uh, As you've often pointed out, I think it's also really uh, representative of the perceived imbalance Within yeah. a friend group. Right. You assume that no one walked into the room the very first day and just they all ganged up on her. They didn't do that. No, of course it not. It took some time over the season for You got to settle into care- your role. Yeah, well, stuff. and yeah. I think probably her role became a catchy role and everyone yeah. was kind of like, and, and there was actually also an article that I, that was very interesting because Sarah Jessica was a producer. And one of the things that happened with Kim Cattrall's character, if you, if you actually, if shit. you actually look at her, no, not cut her lines, but make her do things where she was unattractive. Oh, so she had a lot of uh, different so scenes where she was, she was physically made to be unattractive. At one point she mentioned that, she noticed one of her pubic hairs had turned gray, so then she was going to die. Yeah. Or, and then she did, and it was bright red instead of blonde, right. I guess. I don't know. All but right. anyway, it looked like Bozo, Bozo the Clown's hair. Yeah. Um, another, her one of her character's storylines is that she developed breast cancer, and then at yeah. a certain point in the 
thing she had, you know, she. Now, would they really sacrifice the whole story narrative just to kind of like make her character less sexy? Well, in the end, I don't know. I mean, that's one of the interpretations in one of the articles that I read. It seems like a stretch, but I mean, anything's possible, I guess. But she was talking about, you know, she had the breast cancer and then her, she was in this scene very sweaty and she had a wig on and she was extremely sweaty. And, but. On the other hand, that storyline was very triumphant, and it was an excellent yeah. storyline well, for him. I mean, it was yeah. a lot of gravitas in that yeah. in that storyline. So I don't know. I would be more worried about like my character's speech pattern because she had an, an super annoying speech pattern. Who Kim Cattrall? Show. Yeah, she well, did have a very effective like, speech pattern. I, that's and, true. and that's something on that show to have the most annoying speech pattern because they all had annoying speech patterns. I don't know. You know, to me, always and still, I know that she's probably the most like me because I'm a career woman and she was a career woman as Miranda. But always, to me, Miranda was always the most annoying. Yeah, and she was, she was, she came off as a mean girl, right? She came off as just kind of bitter and mean. She was bitter, and she was always very judgmental. She was judgmental yeah. like of Charlotte. Charlotte, yeah. Charlotte took quit her job before when she was trying to get pregnant, and then Miranda was like, like uh, judgy, shocked and judgy, judged about it. Yeah, she some, really, yeah. you know, Miranda always was. But, you know, they, they but were. But you know what? That whole show sucked, so. <laughs> I disagree. I like that show. It has not aged well, though. It's all, yeah. you know, it's just like. it was all 80, well, is it 90? Was it a 90s show, I guess? 90s, 2000s. Yeah. Whatever. It was just very materialistic and oh, yeah, 100%. unwoke yeah. and white. Yeah. White. White women living a fantasy life in New York. Right. Nobody lives yeah, that exactly. life in New York, especially on Carrie Bradshaw's journalist yeah, yeah. salary. Like, Freelance I'm journalist. I'm making 60K, but I have, <laughs> you know, I have a loft in Manhattan <laughs> and a $10,000 a month shoe habit. So, you know, I mean, I think that all of us, I asked you if you've ever been, if you've ever experienced mean girl behavior up up close. And you, I might you, have. You, I you claim you haven't, but I you have. I don't think I have, yeah. I'm 51 years old. What? And this- <laughs> I had no idea. Oh, that changes everything. <laughs> Holy shit. I thought you were like 39. <laughs> God what? bless you. What? But I'm still dealing with it. Are you? And I feel like, no, I'm still dealing with mean girl behavior. And on the other side of the coin, yeah. I have friends that I know 100% that I can trust. Yeah. That I absolutely- I know that they are solid Ride women. Or die. I do not use that term <laughs> because it's been tainted. But um, no, no but that. no, these are these. I know that I have friends that are really solid, solid friends. Yeah. And what? What about down ass bitches? Would they you, are down ass bitches. Okay, and what good. I would say is that the difference is the people that I know that I can really, really trust. And this is something that I would say I would bring into the conversation is. If you feel like that person knows who they are. Right. They're comfortable in their own skin, more or less. Right. If they are comfortable with who they are, they know who they are. They may have moments of existential crisis. Who, who amongst doesn't? us doesn't? Right. Except for uh, me. But they know who they are. You, those are the people that you can really you can really trust. And right. generally, I think, because you can tell. Because you think these things are largely driven by insecurity? I think they're largely driven by and insecurity. And crises of meaning? I th- and cri- <laughs> but I think then that would necessarily transcend gender or sex. I think well, that that would be I anybody. I think guys anybody, are insecure, they may manifest it in a different way, though. Perhaps. You know? Perhaps. Like by a lot of guns. <laughs> you know, that's one way, probably. That's it. That's Maybe, it. Maybe, you know dress in camouflage, you know, or, you know, affect some other look, right? Because when people are, when they feel insecure, they're looking to belong and to be in a group. And that's why people who are very insecure are often vulnerable to cult behavior 
Yeah. Or other recruitment by other groups. Yeah. And they lose sight of the fact that this group is shitty in its foundation. Yeah. Because you, now you belong. Right. You have now some sense of identity, even if it's a dumb one. You know, in the end, if you are secure in who you are, now can people do, can can women do damage to other women in terms of like if they're trying to sabotage them from a career perspective? Yeah, they certainly. can. They certainly can. Yeah. Anybody can do damage to you that way. But if you um, know who you are, if you know who you are in your life and, and you're confident in that, stuff that people might say about you online or right. behind your back, that's not going to really... Not, right. It might hurt your feelings when you first see it or you learn it. It right. might make you feel embarrassed or uncomfortable. But pretty soon, if you know who you are, you're going to You realize that says more like, about eh, them than that, it does that's about, about you. you. Yeah. Yes. 100%. So anyway, Mark- Adopt slightly stoic attitude. Yeah. Mean girl, stop being mean. What the <laughs> fuck is wrong with you? Well, you know, do you think that they're just being mean is- um, well, I don't think that- Okay, and I should clarify. I don't think that there's this, you know, some kind of- gender-wide crisis where all women are mean. It's just that when they are mean, they manifest it in this particular relational aggression that you've been discussing. And right? it's very hurtful. To, it, and it's very hurtful. It, it could be potentially very, very hurtful. It could be, be potentially... Could cause somebody cause to self-harm. To self-harm, yes, right. So right. I don't want to be preachy about this, but I'm well, kind of going to be preachy. a little bit. I'm going to. Um, if you Amen. feel like you have to talk about someone in a mean way, right. first of all, think about the fact that they, you know, they're human beings. I always ask the question... You may not like them, but they're no, still human beings. I always ask the question when, when people are thinking about things like that. Ask yourself what your goal is. Yeah. Like uh, if you're going to say, if you're going to gossip about this person and say, oh, by the way, do you know that she hooked up with what's his name or whatever? Mm -hmm. What is your goal? And be honest with yourself about what the goal is. Do you think that that is important information for your What if group? the goal is to tear her well, down? Well, that's what, and that's, and I think that's the question. Because I think sometimes the goal is Oh, no, I think that, that is exact. That's why I say you should ask that question. And if your goal is something like that, don't do it. What yeah. if you need to do it? What if you feel that that's a warranted, what if it's a bad person? You want to tear them down. Well, that's fine. I mean, but tear them down for what they're, what they've really done wrong. Right. right. Not every weapon is fair play. Right. Right. Say, let's say there's a bad person. They do deserve to be taken down, but do they deserve for you to talk badly about their mom? You know what I mean? Like, you know, just right. it has to be, you know, related to their bad behavior. Right. Not all the ends do not always justify the means there. And I think that's, I think it's always a useful question to say, what is my goal here? Right. And if your goal is just, I just, you know, I want to make her look bad. Mm hmm. Then be then recognize you're being a mean person, yeah. right? You're not a good person at that point. Right. You might become a good person later in life, but right now you definitely are not. <laughs> yeah. If it's your job, if you're you're trying to kill the uh, first tether so that you can become the next tether with the red right. scrunchie, right? Examine. So yeah. I mean, just yeah. It's like, is that scrunchie really worth you know sacrificing a human being? Just be a Veronica, everyone. Yeah. I mean, just you know, be Veronica. All right. Lick it up, baby. Lick <laughs> it up. All right, Mark, it is always so much fun to have these chats with you. I know. Chrissy and I talked earlier in the day about possibly only communicating with each other through these microphones. <laughs> might be a safer space right That's now. That's right. Hey, let's just Zoom call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so we have social media. I am at Serious Produce on Twitter, and Mark is at Mark Eats Peach. You ever notice how both of our names are produce related? <laughs> oh. I know. Oh, my goodness. That was unplanned, everyone. <laughs> 
I um, am, as is 99% of what I say. I am at Christina Gen X on TikTok. And I am somewhere on TikTok. Don't worry about me. And I am all, and then we have a Facebook page, Gen X Temporaneous. Please join us there. That tends to be the liveliest, although Mark has not been posting much lately. Oh, I posted like three things last Friday. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Peace out, Cub Scouts. Bye. Wow. Mark, why not? You, you women peak sexually at 40. I feel like that's what 40 year old. I mean, well, I'm going to say that too. Men peak at 57. No. <laughs> no. No, I mean it really. Women do. And women really, because you understand what you like and what you want. Why does it take you that long? Because prior to I figured to that, out what I liked when I was about 19, I think. And I practiced enough. I figured it out. I knew what was up. Yeah. I'm like, do this and that. I'm fine. That's why it takes us until 40, because we have to train you guys to but figure you, know, you should figure it out on your own a little bit, right? Mark. You're like, go into the lab, you know, test some theories. I'm not talking about this on the <laughs> podcast. All right. I think we are. So We're very frank and open with our audience. <laughs> all right. 